a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Cecilia, you know sometimes you just stumble across an amazing idea mm. and you're like, okay, how do we make that happen? Sure. So, you know... And it all very, not easily, but it, with less effort comes together. Oh, they're my favourite ones, the right. ones that don't take a great deal of effort because sometimes you just get stuck with the idea and you don't get the eventuality well, if it's too hard. Right. And then we can get stuck on things for a really long time mm-hmm. and that's fun. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> um, it just? Well, I relate it back to, and this is relevant to our guest today, but I created a mentoring program a couple of years ago yes. and it was all ready to go. All ready. There was no hurdles but I couldn't work out how to actually make it happen. (laughs) How to get the people. Like the whole process, the workbook and the modules and all that was done, Mm. but then what? And so anyway, my point is... I love that you admit to that because you are a pocket rocket when it comes to getting things done and across the line. could not get out of my own way with this one. I sat on it for nine months. One day I woke up and it was like a ping idea in my head and then I was like, right, I know how to make this happen. I know what it's going to look like and I just, within a week we'd launched it. I actually find you quite inspiring. Well, not always. Right. So anyway, point is then, so I did all that and that's great and, we've, you know, we're having a great time um, with our men- with my mentees. <laughs> having a great time, having a mentee party. Yep. But then our guest today, my experience with her in and in part of the group, yes. ha- I had a similar experience and I'm going to, we're going to, Christy is right here on the line ready to talk to us. So Christy, maybe before I keep telling that part of the story, do you want to just say who you are and what you do? Oh, hello. I'm Christy Smith. Basically, I do health coaching and mindset coaching for women who are undergoing IVF or newly pregnant or trying to navigate infertility. I'm IVF BFF. So that how cool IVF is IVF BFF. So I mean, I like I, it. many of the girls that I mentee, it can take us three hours to come up with their title. Yep. And once you know who you are and what you're doing, the rest becomes much easier. I might get you to, um, you might become my mentor. I'd hey, love that. There we go. Anyway, so with Christy, literally we'd been speaking, you know how before we do a podcast and you just stopped us because we were all talking and all the gems come out and then you get on the podcast and you're like, dang it. Mm. Well, we were just talking before we'd actually started pretty much and we were talking about, you know, no one really, when they're in their IVF journey or their fertility journey, often they actually don't need another expert. They don't need another doctor. They no. don't need someone else. Another opinion. They just need a friend <laughs> or someone that can advocate like a friend would. Yeah. You know when you're doing something silly and your friend says to you, why are you doing that? And you're like, oh, I haven't thought about it logically. I've just been doing what all the experts have been saying. Mm. And you know, often there can be pieces missing. You have to do, obviously, what the experts are saying. Christine and I were talking and we, I was saying, you know, what do you do and what do you love to do? And this is how we often find out, you know, the best path for somebody. Yes. What do you love doing? Because that should be easy and the rest then flows and no one can do it like you do it if you are really passionate about it. Anyway, with Christy, she was like, I just want to be somebody's best friend or not, or not best friend, but somebody's friend as they're going through the process. And we were both like, oh my goodness. Like literally, I think we said it together. Like IVF, BFF. And I was so excited by that because the minute that you... You can see what it is straight right. away. You yep. know who she is and what she does. She becomes your friend when you're going through the, this very stressful time in your life. And Christy, I guess you can talk a little bit about that. Why is it that you'd recognise that this was a problem for so many women? Because it was a problem for me. 
So I had um, both of my children conceived through IVF and, I mean, my first journey admittedly was not easy but a lot easier than the second. And then I sort of thought, oh, well, this is okay. And then the second journey um, or experience with IVF was a lot more challenging. It had a lot of cancellations. It had all the twists and turns that go with it. And I was sort of just alone. A lot of my friends hadn't had children before. So I was like the first one to go through that. Definitely the first one to go through IVF out of everyone that I knew. And yeah, it was quite, um, yeah, sort of quite lonely and sort of Mm. navigating how I felt about it all because underlying all of that is really this sort of fear that uh, am I ever going to have children? How do I sort of navigate that emotionally along with everything else that's going on? And like you say, Nat, I had doctors and I had fertility experts and I had people in clinic and nurses who were great. But once that part of it ended, you're left on your own. I think you've hit the nail on the head with lonely. I think that's the word that sums it up because whether you are pregnant naturally or whatever way, it's such a different experience to anything you've ever done previously in your life that if you don't have somebody who has sort of been through it before or can advise you or has the kind of guidance mm. in a in a non-judgmental way it's it's very lonely and it's very interesting the way you have to navigate like you say about your friends so you might have some friends that aren't interested in having children so they they're not interested in supporting you because it's not on their horizon you've got the ones that have had children and they fell pregnant easily so they don't understand what it's like to go through infertility issues so it can be very complex and then you feel like you have to navigate everybody else's things to find the guidance that you're looking for i think there's also that other section of people who aren't talking about what they're going through with anyone else yeah, and keeping it a secret. And I don't know, Christy, when you had your children, was that the experience for you? Because I think times have changed and we are talking about these things far more than ever before. Especially here on the Wellness Collective. Whoa, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) We cannot get enough podcasts on IVF. (laughs) Oh, fertility. We should become the IVF not the BFFs, no. the uh, podcasting and things. Anyway, what was your experience with that? Like, were you talking to people? Did you feel weird talking to people? Well, there definitely was not this space um, in social media or podcasts or anything like that back in my time. So I definitely spoke to my friends and my friends and my family were just lovely and supportive, but they had no idea what to say to me. If it was another failed cycle, they would—they just didn't know how to hold that space and mm. just let me be in wherever I was, whether it was a high or a low. And they didn't understand. They didn't get it. So yeah, I, I, you try and speak to people and my husband didn't get it. He was trying to support me and there, there's just no one that knew how to hold that space because they hadn't been there before. They're trying to help you through it, but no one's got the skills and you don't have the skills to help yourself and it's... Yeah, it's very lonely because you do feel like no one understands you mm. or understands what it's really like. So you recently launched a program and it's called the Two Week Wait. 
program. And I love this idea because do you remember waiting those two weeks? Like even in natural fertility. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like if you were trying, I guess some people have a surprise and they never know and, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, whoopsie. <laughs> oh, several months later. Actually, I haven't had my period <laughs> oh, for a while. Gee. But then for those of us, whether it's IVF or whether it's natural mm. conception, those two weeks. Very intense. Oh, my goodness. Can't think of anything else. No. Every single little bit of what's going on. Yep. Yeah? Yep. Every glass of wine that passes your lips or not. <laughs> every, every you know, um, moment that you feel maybe a little bit tired or hungover or whatever. Is that a sign? Right. All exactly. of the things, yeah. It's a bit, and I can't imagine that I never had to live out many two-week waits. Mm. But mm. I can't imagine what that would be like having to do that. So I guess that's yeah, how, part of the reason. How do you actually get through that without losing your mind? Yeah. So, I mean, Christy, you created that because of this reason, I assume. Absolutely. And also because every single woman has a different story behind their two-week wait. It might be an accident. It, it might be, you know, they've tried naturally. It might be that they've done IVF for seven years and this could be their last two-week wait. Like they're like, It's just everyone has a different story and reason going into it. And so navigating it is really, 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 really difficult. But there are things that you can do regardless to try and at least experience or balance out some of that fear and anxiety and experience that enjoyment and excitement too because there is a level of enjoyment and excitement that goes with it. It's really an exciting time as well. I think that's really nice and because you've been through it. It's definitely going to be, you know, if I created that, someone would look at me and go, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, you didn't have to wait. You don't know what this feels like. How dare you actually even think that you do know? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think Mm. that that's part of what also goes on for many women is that they look and think, you have no idea about Mm. what this feels like, you know? Mm. And everyone's trying to do their best at that time. Like you said, if your mum, I mean, mums often love to tell us to relax, which Mm. is so counterproductive. (laughs) I love that, yeah. Just relax. What are the practical things that you can do Like, do you actually tell people some things to take their mind off it? Well, the one thing that I think is important is knowing what you need to take your mind off it. So when it's, I call it like a soul food menu, but it's really about working out what is it that actually makes me feel good or makes me feel connected or makes me feel calm. And so when I've hit a bumpy spot, I actually know where to go to get that. So if you can sit and think about, certain people, places, things that you can do that make you feel happy, like that particular friend or go out to lunch or cuddling your dog, whatever it is. And you sort of have a menu of things that you can, I guess, sort of order from when you're not feeling in a good state. And so sort of planning that out and knowing where to go to help yourself feel calmer is one thing that you can do. And there's other mindset things that you can do, like one is sort of focusing on what's not wrong. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because we continually play the loop of what could go wrong, what could go wrong, what could go wrong. Really just focusing on what's not wrong and writing those things down is a good way to sort of break that loop and get back into what is going right. And it's super simple, but it actually works. It's also that thing about gratitude, isn't it? I mean, if you, but it's con- we have to do it consciously. We have to say to ourselves, okay, don't sit and think about all the, the terrible things that are happening in the world or in my world or, you know, in the cubicle next to me at work. Like, don't 
fester on all those things. Find five things you can be happy about today and grateful about. And it changes your mind altogether. I think when it comes to that two-week period, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I think if you can maintain a positive mindset for the majority, you're not always going to be there and that's okay and recognising that you're Mm. not going to always be there. But if you can maintain that up until you know otherwise... It's a much nicer yes. place to operate your life from in general, you know, whereas I think, like you said, you don't want to get too excited. I don't want to set myself up so that I'm going to fail. Yeah. Oh, that was actually the previous podcast, not yeah. this podcast. But when you when you start to try and protect yourself from feeling, it's almost like you are pushing away the very thing that you're wanting to bring in. And again, you know, I haven't been in that position, but I've treated thousands of women who have, and I really But get... surely you've been in that position in other aspects of, course, of your life. Of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But this is where I think it's different with uh, the two-week wait mm-hmm. is that, that you know that there's kind of an end point and everything is working towards, towards that. Mm. But what if you were able to maintain for the majority of the time more of a positive approach, knowing that if it wasn't successful and that's not what you're going for. You just deal with that then, not now. You know, once you know otherwise, what do you say to people, Christy? Mm. Is this something that you're teaching people or is there a happy medium? The thing is you can't avoid the disappointment and no amount of pretending that it's not happening or just thinking, well, it's not going to happen anyway, so therefore I won't be disappointed in the end. This is usually all they want in their life. And so you just Mm. can't avoid the disappointment. It's, It's going to come, but it it comes, like you said, at a point. So we can choose to open ourselves up to enjoy this experience or, you know, enjoy that feeling that maybe this is happening or maybe this is my two weeks before I find out the one thing that I want and sort of spend our time thinking that way than being super stressed out that whole two Mm. weeks. And whether it happens or not, so if if you find that you are pregnant, you go, oh, why did I spend those two (laughs) weeks? really like losing my mind and if you're not then and if you're not pregnant then you've had a horrible two weeks and now you've got you've come to a result that you didn't want anyway so you can Mm. potentially look back and say well you know what I really did the best I could to enjoy that experience or you know um relax and have a good time while I was waiting and it's not what I wanted and obviously you're feeling disappointed now but it's really a very unique period of your life and you can actually choose how you spend it. We're here talking with the IVF BFF, Christy Smith, and really trying to shift the gears. We've done a lot of episodes on IVF, like we said, yeah, and fertility, but this obviously really tying it back into all the other stuff that happens outside of the medical part of it um, and really just needing that person. So, Can I ask you about being the IVF BFF? So in your role, are you there sort of on call? Like did, did women ring you and say, oh, this happened today and I'm not coping, I didn't enjoy it or what does this mean? What do you actually provide as the IVF BFF? So I provide um, normally a three or a six-month program and so... But I, they can call me, I'm on call, email call through that time, or they can just have a session whenever they need it. And so they, and most of the sessions will be led by what, by them, by what's happening and, or what has happened or what is coming up. So we prepare their mindset for what's ahead, whether that's your transfer or 
things like that. We They might talk about the things that they want to change in their life, whether that is the way they react to stress, whether it is parts of their diet and, and habit change is another one. So whether it's giving up coffee or getting better sleep, things like that will work on changing those habits and creating a mindset that's going to support them. And it's really about setting your vibe. So if you are naturally really busy, sort of highly strung person, you can actually create a different vibe if you're going into reproductive therapy or if you're newly pregnant. And that's your pregnancy vibe and that, it, that might be not sweating the small stuff and really working on, you know, I sort of say to them like you've got sort of stress tokens. So you've only got a couple that you can use each day. So you really have to be mindful on what is worth your time and energy as to what you get stressed about because you can waste it before you get to work, being frustrated in traffic and then the email comes in. If you can change your mindset about what's really, it's too expensive to get stressed over every little thing that happens. And so they can think of it as their sort of IVF vibe that they're taking through and it really helps them to be mindful on what is worth their time and energy in regards to stress. I think that's a really interesting point you've made about the pregnancy mindset because I think for a lot of women, there's that thing where they go, oh, when I get pregnant, I can leave work or when I get pregnant, this will happen, da, da, da. So it's like a new persona. So you can embrace that. I think that's a great idea because you are a different person, matrescence, uh, but maybe that is that opportunity for you, like you say, to not get stressed about those things. Like make a list of things that usually piss you off and just go, okay, not anymore. This is new me. Totally. Totally. Mm. I always get patients to, I always say to patients um, that they need to start to think, act and behave as if they're already pregnant yeah. at that point because mm-hmm. your decisions become very different. Now that can become confronting if it's your third year of trying and you're like, I am not doing that. I've already done that. But <laughs> it just it just is yeah. a really gentle way of shifting the mindset. Yeah. Um, I want to ask a question about men in their yes. role throughout all of this because, I mean, men sit in one of two camps. Either they're totally on board, totally part of it, or they seem to be the polar opposite. It's foreign to them. They have no idea. They, they, they can't relate. Do. They don't know what to say or do. Um, how do we enrol our men better in the process? Well, I mean, it's not, I think we just have to talk to them. And I know that sounds really cliche, but we have to involve them with um, what we're feeling ahead of time, like leading into appointment or what you need from them at an appointment, what you need from them day to day. And and you'll know your man best, I think. And sometimes the best way you can relate to your partner is to understand what their strengths are and where they can support you. And sometimes you might need to go elsewhere to get other support because if you're putting a lot of pressure on your man to support you deeply emotionally and he's more of a acts of service kind of guy, you might need to go to a friend or someone else who can really get out that uh, any deep emotions and then let him support you by doing things for you and doing what he's good at in a way to support you and showing you that he loves you the way that he knows how. I think that's actually really important. If you can identify what you need, you might not know for your, not, your first appointment and that's fine because exactly. you don't know what you don't know, but as the process comes along or goes along... If you can identify what you need and have that conversation outside of rushing to the appointment, yeah. that's going to be far more conducive. And like you said also, you know, we've done episodes where we've talked about how never before have we placed so much emphasis on a marriage or a oh, relationship yes. to and be that everything. one person yep. to be everything. Yep. And if they don't know 
they don't know. Like I remember, I think I've told this story before, but Chris was useless when I was both <laughs> pregnant and had Olivia. He was, even in yeah. labour. Like so, but, you know, looking back, how did he didn't know what to do? And I didn't tell him because I didn't know either. But yeah. also seeing someone you love in such distress and pain or oh, in a asleep. vulnerable situation. He didn't care about that. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is I remember when he came to me and he said, I would like to have another baby and I was really shut down from having another baby based on that experience. And, again, it wasn't his fault and I wasn't resentful. Yeah. But I, if, in hindsight, looking back, I wasn't doing that again under those circumstances. Mm. And so he, he did put the hard word on and he did say, it's time to have another baby. Livy's going to be four soon. What are we doing? And I was like, okay, if that's what you want, but here's what I need from you because yeah. these are the things that you didn't do and that's not your fault, but I've identified that I need them now. Mm. And it was, a, it was a game changer. He did those things. He stepped up and did those things. So it is difficult. And this is where I think it's so important to have other people especially people like you in our life that can fill those gaps or identify, hey, maybe you need to ask this or make him identify, um, make him aware of this or identify in yourself what is it that you actually need outside of fertility. There's so much else that goes into yeah. this. The fertility yeah. is just the cherry on top, right? Mm. Yeah. I think also too, you do, like if you look at your crew around you, whoever they are, you do have different friends that fulfil different needs, don't you? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I think actually identifying that, And like you say, you go, okay, well, you're the person when shitty things happen, I need to go and speak to because you just always seem to speak sense or, you know, it's not going to be my partner necessarily. I also think there's an element of IVF or the process of fertility and that, that, I don't want to use the word journey, but here we go, journey, um, (laughs) changes you. And so maybe what you needed prior to that is actually different to what you need now. And that can be hard too because you're not the person that you once were. You kind of don't actually know who you are right now because Mm. nothing seems to be as you thought it was going to be. And just even just saying to them, I actually don't know, I just don't feel good and I I just need you to be there, you know. I think that's part of it. We are running out of time. I have one more question. We've been talking about obviously... Um, the two-week wait program being appropriate for people who are within the two-week wait period, would it be appropriate for anybody else? The tips and tools that are in the program are proven to work and they're so good for a lot of different things. So if you're waiting a period of time for something, that's a very anxious wait. I think it would be appropriate for anyone in that situation. But Mm -hmm. as you take and you go through the tools, you can take them and put them in your back pocket and you can use them anywhere in your life, whether it's the journaling tools or the digital detox or the soul food menu. Everybody can use that. And also what about, I think it might be particularly useful, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my mind comes up to people who've had recurrent miscarriages and they're, you know, six weeks into their Mm. pregnancy and they're freaking out. I would imagine that some of those tools would be quite useful then as well. Um, Absolutely. So pregnancy after loss is also another... It just adds a whole other layer to a pregnancy, yeah. which is a different conversation. It but is, yeah, but totally. These, yeah, they're all tips that will bring you back to who you are outside of what's going on in your life because you do tend to lose yourself mm. even if it's not all the time. Yes, yeah, so important. Just on that, quickly before we go, I think from what you've said too, this notion of, of us not being able to control time is something that's worth thinking about. You know, like, mm. okay, so you've got two weeks. Two weeks is, is the, the time limit. So don't dwell on the end of those two weeks every yeah. single day. Yes. It's the same with anything, you know. Even if 
like if you need to go and get in, a, a needle, like no one likes getting a needle, but it's only going to take one second. Like <laughs> don't dwell on it all the way up to that one second because, you know, like life's too short for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Just let That's time why I say do plan its thing. things. Make sure you plan something at the busy. beginning of the two weeks. Plan something that you know that you're going to look forward to. Christy, where can our listeners find you and the two-week weight program? Well, they can find me um, on my website, which is kinhealth.com.au. Otherwise, I'm on Instagram at kinhealthchristy and all the information is there. You know, really at the end of the day, mm-hmm. whether it's your fertility or having your best day at work or getting what you want, yeah, your mindset really shapes everything. I think I love it too when someone just says something to you and you go, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Like mm-hmm. the other day I was listening to uh, a woman give a presentation about, it's a different world, but video games, voiceover things, so creating characters mm-hmm. for video games. And she said, you have to do like five auditions a day and then you just forget about them. Right, yes, and you, you don't, don't be on. attached to it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, every time I've done an audition for anything, I'm like, spent the money in my mind, mm-hmm. I've, you know, thought of the glory and fame and not yes. really, but you know what I mean? Like you, you, it's so easy to obsess about something that seems really good and look at what all the opportunities of that might be. And pregnancy is a very similar thing. You think it's about really true. it, you, you, your mind just goes crazy so on all the possibilities. You have to basically plant the seed and walk away. Yes, <laughs> yes. But it's, it's really hard to do. Very so difficult. having some distractions is nice. Having yep. some appreciation is nice. So mm-hmm. we love um, Christy for the work that she's doing and I think it's really important to, you know, keep ourselves, our mind healthy as well as our body through that. Yep. Definitely. If you haven't yet rated the podcast, it's time. <laughs> it is time. Okay. No pressure, but it's time. Now, and also I'm going to ask you to do something. I, I saw some research the other day about podcasts. I was talking about how there's still a lot of people out there who don't know how to listen to them. Oh, so, yes. So, okay, you know how to listen because you're listening right now. So, right. I'm big tick to you. But if you come across a friend and you say, oh, have you heard this podcast? And they go, I don't listen to podcasts because I don't know how to do it. Just get on their device, their phone, show, show them, them how to do it, subscribe to the Wellness Collective as a beginning and you need. off you go. You need we need to life. share the love yes. on behalf of all the podcasts out there, yeah. but particularly ours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we love bringing this to you and we do absolutely hope that this episode in particular has left you feeling happier, healthier and better. 